Welcome once again, Bears fans, to Bears Scat. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And uh, it looks like today what we're going to do is we're going to cover, I don't know, we're going to make up some stuff along the way. <laughs> yeah, we've got some hot takes. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Bears underscore Scat. I uh, hope everyone enjoyed Championship Weekend. It was uh, some pretty good stuff. It was all right. It was kind of funny. I was I was thinking about this. It was like my, my takeaways from both games really had nothing to do with the games themselves. In the first game, it was just kind of that the farcical situation with the 49ers quarterback. I, I felt I felt sorry for him. You I did. really did. And then in the second game, I mean, the biggest talking point was the officiating, but... Yeah, yeah it, it sucks what happened to San Francisco um, when you're 20 minutes into the game and you're out of anybody that can throw a forward pass. That you know, and that's uh, that is something that that has to be addressed. Um, we'll get to that in a minute. Go ahead. Well, it's interesting, right? and let's let's just talk about that because I saw a lot of people saying, "Well, the NFL has to do something about this. You you, you can't have teams down." To, uh, basically having to hand the ball off because they don't have anyone that can throw it's like you got to have a, a third string quarterback dress it's like the 49ers could address a third string quarterback they they chose not to right um i i understand why you don't want one of your game day roster spots taken up by a guy that is probably not going to play which would be your third string quarterback and i would have no problem with a, a rule change that says because what can you have active now 46 53 it's, it's oh yeah active on game yeah. day it's like it's 46 i think it's 46 i think it's like i'd have nothing no, wrong. 40 48 48 so I'd have, I'd have no issue saying you can have 48 plus an emergency quarterback but i don't think that's really gonna cha- move the needle all that much i mean the 49ers were already down to their third string quarterback going into the game right so if you play that out, whoever was going in is going to be their fifth string quarterback. Right. It's, it's probably not going to change what happened to them, but it would have at least probably given them a better chance than constantly handing the ball off on like third and 20. Yeah, it was ridiculous. It, it was just kind of a bummer. I was really looking forward to that game, and anytime injuries play that significant of a role in a big game like that, it just kind of stinks. Yeah, so, you know... Obviously, you you feel a bit for the kid because he has played so played so well. Not only that, he really seems to have a very good chemistry with the team. Um, so he looked he he really looked like he fit. Uh, I expected it to be a rough day for him uh, going up against Philly's defense in Philly, uh, but it was really you know it's a bummer when you see the kid get hurt right away yeah. and. And yeah, uh, I, I am of the, I am of the ilk that th- that's ridiculous. You should always have a quarterback available. It is the most important spot on the team. Yeah. And to be in a situation where it's like, yeah, we're going to put Christian McCaffrey out there to play, you know, to play that's that's ridiculous. And even if it is a fifth string guy or a sixth string guy, right? At least he can throw. At least he can throw. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to be a quarterback in the NFL. We, we've, you know, we we talk about you know guys like Mike Glennon who sucks. Yeah, but somehow he's still in the NFL. Keeps getting right? jobs. I mean, it, you know, uh, for one for once, I actually saw a player that was worse than Glennon. <laughs> When Jake Frome came on. It's like, who was the guy that was playing for the Bears in that last game? Like, Bowl? Bowls? Yeah, whatever. Who knows? We'll, we'll never remember him anyway. Well, but, and like, kind of to your point, right? Especially now when guys get knocked out of games easier than ever. Because yeah. all it takes is for somebody from the press box to buzz down and say, that guy got hit in the head. Yeah. And... He's got to go for an evaluation. So, we're the, the and, and that's a good thing, right? Like, you, yeah. want, you want these guys shielded from, from head injuries, but it's much easier to knock a quarterback out now than it was 20 years ago. Because sure. 20 years ago, if a guy gets dinged, he goes to the sidelines, they ask him to count to four, and he's back in the game. And he answers orange. Yeah, it's close enough. <laughs> so... 
I, I don't really know why you wouldn't want a third string quarterback dressed unless you just need the roster spot for, but, for somewhere else. You know, that is a big but, though. Yeah. And, and, the, and the simple fact of the matter is, is that every single one of those spots is, is critical. And they need, you've got to have more guys available at other spots simply because there's other spots that, you know, it looks like you, you could end up shorthanded with and it could really be crucial, right? Right. I mean, you know, it's not, un, it's certainly not unusual for the Bears to only, to only have two quarterbacks on the roster. Yeah. That's what we did. I mean, that's what pretty much every team does but now. Peterman was on, on the, on practice squad right. the whole year, you know? And I was thinking back to that, that horrible NFC championship game where Caleb Haney had to go in yeah, because he was their third quarterback. Yeah. And then I was thinking like, Lovey would have his starters play special teams. And that really oh. that really doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. Like you, you don't really see starters playing special teams in the NFL anymore and then that just means that that's more roster space that you have to allocate to guys that are just out there playing special teams. Yeah, it's you know, it just comes down to the fact that it's it's one spot um it's it, you you make it reserved for that. Right. That that's the only thing you can use that spot for. It has to be a quarterback and nothing else, right? And, and it's just like, what's the downside of that? There's none. Like the the downside is the owners have to pay another player to be active. Which what's your what's your thought on how much the McCaskies make? <laughs> <laughs> I don't care yeah. how much money we waste of theirs. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't really see what the counter argument to that would be, but. That wasn't my only takeaway from that game. Um, the team that actually won, the Eagles, it's a team that a lot of people, you know, have kind of said maybe the Bears can can be like them. They can take the quarterback in their third year, and hey, the Eagles just did that. Jalen Hurts, and I was just looking at the Eagles roster, and no, like <laughs> the Eagles roster is is it's just stacked. It's insane, and I was just it's. Chock full. And not only is it insanely good, like a lot of their guys have been there forever. Like, yeah. like Jason Kelsey got drafted in 2011. Yeah. Like uh, uh, Lane Johnson got drafted in 2013. Yeah, their their offensive line is, deve- is developed. And and all five of their starting offensive linemen were drafted by them. Yeah. And, and like... They've had other guys that have been around, like Brandon Graham has been in the league for 13 years, all with the Eagles. It, it's just a insane team. And sure, they've signed free agents and made trades recently, as would any good team. But, man, Jalen Hurts got dropped into a roster that was ready to go. Oh, yeah. And, and they traded for A.J. Brown, and that obviously helped. And they drafted Devontae Smith. But, man, when you compare the roster that, he walked into to what the bears have right now the bears are doing it in reverse order they they got the quarterback and nothing else yeah and that might be fine but well we were coming from a regime that talked about how they needed to draft guys and keep guys but didn't do that at all exactly and it was just kind of i was thinking about how long ago does it feel that bears eagles playoff game was a uh, long time, like the, the, uh, probably like fifteen years. And, and the, yeah, the Eagles had a ton of guys that were playing on Sunday that played in that game. <laughs> like how many how many Bears are left over from that game? Like five that are still in the NFL. Probably not many. If, if not even still in the NFL, like still with the Bears. Oh, like three? I, yeah, it, not not counting specialists or. I mean, still with the Bears, probably. It's like Eddie Jackson and... Oh, yeah. And I was uh, I was calling out the wrong Eagles game. I was... Uh, um, the Cody Park game. Yeah, the, the double-doing game. Um, yeah, not not many. Look, maybe maybe three, and maybe I, five. And I think the Eagles have like 10 or 12. Like, Oh, yeah. They still have a lot of that roster. Like It's just a really, really well-constructed roster. It's a lot of guys that they drafted or that they signed at really young ages and and the bears i mean if we fast forward four years from now other than the quarterback 
how many people on this Bears roster are we really expecting to still be around? And and we knew that going into the year, but yeah. it's just when people are comparing the Bears to the Eagles, I think they're only thinking about the quarterback because Hurts and Fields have a lot of similarities. But now when you compare the rest of the, the teams, uh, it it there, there's really no comparison, right? Like the Eagles right. are, are just such a, a better constructed team than the Bears are. Yeah. That that's just means the Bears are going to have to go about it differently. Well, and my comparisons personally have just been the two players themselves. Um, now, you know, Hertz made a a really big leap. The only thing I'm saying about it is that I do feel that they're similar players, and I do feel that Fields could make that same kind. I of I think leap. Fields is better. I actually do too. Uh, but um, it's like you said. It, that does. That's not the whole rest of the team. They have been building that team for a, a, a while, and you know the the changes that are going to need to happen for Chicago to make those kind of changes are are going to take a bit to do. And uh, that's again, Polis has been upfront about that. He he's he has talked about you know don't look at 2023. I'm looking at 2024. But we, they have to establish and build. And that's the thing is, is okay, we've got the established part, right? But that's really it. I mean, I, I, I now, I for one am very happy about the fact that we get to see uh, a, an offseason with, with a quarterback in hand. I'm 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 not looking any further than that right now. Yeah, and it allows you to do a lot. I mean, part of the reason why the Eagles were able to trade for AJ Brown and give him that huge deal is because they're not paying their quarterback anything. Right. So so the Bears there there are similarities between them and the Eagles. They are able to do a lot over the next two years because they don't have to pay their quarterback for the next two years. Yeah. Um. But like just going back to to my point on all this. They, they had a lot, the Eagles had a lot in place when Jalen Hurts got there. The Bears yeah. have basically nothing. Nothing. So, it, it doesn't mean... They have a bunch of potential. Not, not really. <laughs> like, they, they've got... They've, no, they got some potential on the team. Um, I mean, there's, you know, I, Jaquan Brisker. Yeah. I think he has the potential to be one of the best safeties in the NFL. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just saying... Like they've got a couple of good players. There's, a, there's some good players. But, yes, they have a lot of building to do. And anybody that is looking at the team and going, oh, well, after this offseason, we should be good to go. We should be Super Bowl contenders. No. You're smoking something. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I was listening to a national show that was talking about, can Matt Eberflus win Coach of the Year next year? And I'm like, well, probably not, because that would require him to win... 11 12 games next year and make the playoffs which could happen if justin fields is amazing but in all likelihood probably not there's just too much to do yeah and it it might be that the bears they still have to find a wide receiver one yeah they 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 need to replace three-fifths of their offensive line probably still it's actually you know looking at it a little bit from your angle they might need to replace the entire offensive line. We don't know. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, I, I I have sung the praises of Braxton Jones, and I will continue to do so. Um, but because what he did, I think, is really tough to do. But is he is he that good? Right. I don't know. They've got to replace an entire front seven. Yeah. It, so there there's a ton to do here, and that's that's not a surprise. I mean, they they had far and away the worst defensive line in the NFL. It was horrid. Yeah. It was like the secondary was the year before it. Yeah. Right? So, uh, but, you know, the secondary is certainly not absolutely terrible anymore. Secondary is fine. Yeah. It's pretty good, actually, I it, think. It, 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 needs, it needs another key piece in there, but there are there's so many holes. Yeah, for sure. And that's, that's kind of my, my point of all this. It's that all year we've talked about, hey, this is year three for Jalen Hurts. Can the Bears take that next step in Justin Fields' year three? And it's just you're, you're comparing apples and oranges because there are so many 
better players on the Eagles than there are on the Bears. I mean, the Eagles might have the best roster in football if you take quarterback out of it. And and Jalen Hurts is really good. I, I don't think he's great. I think that he's uh, obviously got a team in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So that's difficult to do. And he's had a great year. He was being talked about as an MVP candidate for a lot of the year. But the rest of that team is just so good that and the Bears, you, you, you might as well be talking about different different sports if, yeah. if you're comparing Bears versus Eagles. Yeah, I mean, they are stacked. Uh, and, you know, that's the thing is is that Hurts did go into a good situation. Um, he certainly wouldn't be in the same situation if I would have had my druthers and we would have drafted him. Uh, that's what I wanted. But we chose to draft Cole Kmet instead. <laughs> you know, now at the same time, um, we also would have dropped Hertz into the meat grinder. So, right. you know, this is one of those things that they that is always been a question, and there's no real answer for it. You know, uh, is it the environment? Is it the player? What combination is it between the two? Because there's no way that every single player goes and achieves what he does dropped into any team. It doesn't work that way. You have to go into a. I mean. One of the biggest ones that all Bears fans are aware of is 12. I mean, he did something impossible. He sat behind a Hall of Fame player for three years that as a number one pick. You don't ever name one, any, any number one pick. That has got to sit for three years before playing. The only other one is is Jordan Love, same <laughs> same organization, right? Yeah, so. but I mean, I mean, when you look at that, that's insane. That just doesn't happen. And now, would he have turned into the, that same player, that super great player, if he would have been someplace else? We we have no way of knowing that, right? Yeah. But I gotta say. Probably not. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's the same thing with Mahomes as we transition to the second game from last Sunday. Mahomes sat his entire rookie year as, yeah. a, I think, the 10th overall pick, yep. which is pretty rare. But he got to learn the Andy Reid offense. He got to get acclimated to the NFL because he was coming from a college-style air raid offense. Nobody expected the Chiefs to jump up, trade up to get him. Yeah, exactly. And obviously they're they're very happy they did. Yeah. As they were just in I think their fifth straight AFC championship game. Oh my game. god, it's insane. Um but it, it, there's there's just no way to know. And this was in the news last week because yeah. Pat Mahomes' dad made national headlines by saying that Mahomes was told by the Bears that they were going to draft him and that he wanted to get drafted by the Bears. And we just have no way of knowing if that would have worked out. It's possible that Matt Nagy would have destroyed him as the head coach. (laughs) (laughs) Or it's possible he would have gotten his brains beat in behind Bobby Massey and the the rest of the Jamokes the Bears were running out. There's just no way to know. Yeah, it's it's a moot point. Because the thing is, and, you know, Bears fans certainly don't need to, uh, to talk about that anymore. I mean, I've heard it, you know, to the ends of the earth. It's, it's, it, what happened is what happened, you know. How now, you know? I'd I'd rather look at it from the fact that how did our GM not get fired a year <laughs> after that happened? But uh, anyway, you know what happened is what happened, and uh, I'm certainly pleased. Uh, it's like you said, the, the we have one really important and we believe elite player, yeah. and you know for once it. It's at the most important spot. So that right there, to me, generates a lot of excitement. Yeah, for sure. And that's the idea. I mean, you could, you, you, I mean, as Bears fans, we could sit around forever and be mad that they didn't draft Patrick Mahomes because he is probably going to end up being the best quarterback ever. Like it, it he's, could be. He's, he's awesome. He's amazing. Yeah, and he could. He, the Bears could have drafted him, and they didn't, and... If you want to sit around and, and be mad about that, then I, I can't really fault you because it, it was <laughs> it, it was egregious. But, it was. It was egregious. But many years have gone by, and that general manager and all of his team, all of his staff are, are gone now, yeah. thankfully. Hopefully never to be heard from again. Yeah. And I, if, if you want to sit around on Thursday night and 
toast to the fact that Ryan Pace is still fired, then by all means, <laughs> because it's it's worth celebrating. But yeah, well, that that era's past. We, we've got something to look forward to now, and we don't know if Pat Mahomes would have turned into this with the Bears. In fact, probably not. Well, um, I, I'll just say uh, last week uh, the the two teams that I thought were the the, the best teams in the NFL. Um, you know, one, I, I've, I've thought the Eagles were the best team in the NFC the whole year. Absolutely. Uh, and, I, and, and to me, when they absolutely destroyed the Vikings uh, on national television, I, I was like, wow, that was a real statement right there. Uh, the, only, the only thing about them was when Hurts got, got hurt, you know, were they going to be okay there? That's the thing coming up with the Super Bowl. You know, how hurt is Mahomes? Uh, you know, he certainly wasn't playing 100% the other day. No. Uh, you know, uh, it, it, but he is the best. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I don't, when you look at the rest of the, uh, the rest of the teams, there's nobody that is doing stuff the same way as that kid is. And he is, he will keep that team in it. I mean, the only reason that they lost, uh, you know, he, he 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 managed to keep his team in the game against the Bucks for the first half, even though he had like Joe Home Depot guy blocking for him. You know, they, they were hiring people, you know, off the street. Yeah, it was a bunch of no names. Yeah, so they uh, that that's a that's a good team. I think these. Two teams are, are going to have a really great Super Bowl if injury is is not as much uh, is not as evident with Mahomes as it was in that in yeah that championship game. Yeah, we'll see. He's got two weeks to recover, and it just goes to show you how special of a player he is. Because I, I think if you if you take quarterback out of it for a second and you look at Bengals versus Chiefs or Bills versus Chiefs, I think the Chiefs are the worst team of those three disregarded quarterback yeah it's just Mahomes is so good that he's able to to bridge the gap and and that's saying something because he's playing against Josh Allen and Joe Burrow who are pretty good in their own right right so I I think the Eagles are a much better team than the Chiefs but I also think that Patrick Mahomes is a much better quarterback than Jalen Hurts so we're gonna see how that plays out and the Mahomes injury plays into it Obviously, I think he'll be healthier in the Super Bowl than he was against the Bengals, and he played well against the Bengals. And the biggest play of the game, he he made with his legs. So I I think that guy's going to find a way. He's just a magician. I I don't know if they're going to win the game because I think the Eagles' roster is just much better than the Chiefs'. But I I think that Mahomes is special enough that he's going to keep the the Chiefs in it. I think it's I think it's going to be a fun Super Bowl. it might not be the the most exciting we've ever seen, but I think it's going to be a, a close game, and I think it's two really good teams going at it. So I, I don't know if I've necessarily decided how I how I feel about like who's going to win the game, but I, I think it's going to be a good one. And I, I think, like you said, you, you can't argue that the Eagles were the best team in the NFC. I mean, they the, really are. They, they pretty much went wire to wire, right? Yeah. Like I, as they when that Vikings game was week two, right? Week two or week three, yeah. yeah. So they they smoked the Vikings and they never really looked back. The Chiefs, they were the number one seed in the AFC. I think people think that the Bills were better, but the Bills didn't make it to Arrowhead. So. I mean, it, you know, one of the things uh, about Mahomes is, oh yeah, um, hey, we're gonna go ahead and get rid of your number one receiver. In fact, he's not just your number one receiver. He's been the, your number one receiver for the last four years. Yeah, like, we're just gonna go ahead and get rid of him. Like first ballot Hall of Fame, <laughs> and um, you know, try and make do. So he throws for over five thousand yards and over forty touchdowns and wins MVP. What the? Oh man! Like he's, you know. he's had MVP locked up for like eight weeks. <laughs> it's just it, it's it's not fair. It's not, and he's doing all that with Matt Nagy as his quarterback. Oh coach. man! Oh man! So um, uh, I was thinking about this, and I'm going to give out biggest choke team to the Buffalo sad ass Bills. <laughs> Talk about giant choke artists! They were supposed to be 
headed to the Super Bowl this year. They were supposed to be dominant in the AFC. And about the first six weeks, they looked like that. And then they just proceeded to go slide right downhill. They should have lost to the sad-ass Dolphins in the first week to Skylar Thompson. That's, I mean, I, I, that team fell apart in so many ways, I can't even count them. Yeah, and Josh Allen was not very impressive down the no, stretch. No, he was not. And he threw a lot of bad interceptions. I mean, he didn't look good against the Bears. He didn't. Everyone looks good against the Bears. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think that team's got some soul-searching to do this offseason because... Ever since they lost, when was that game? When Ever since they lost to Kansas City the first time, I can't remember if that was 2019 or 2020, but ever since then they've done everything in their power with like the goal of getting by Kansas City in the playoffs. Yeah. And it's never happened. Nope. And it looked like this was going to be their year, and they kind of fell off, and we know what happened with DeMar Hamlin, and that I'm sure affected them, but... Uh, they they were they were poised to meet Kansas City at least on a neutral site in the playoffs. Yep. And they had Cincinnati come to their home stadium in the snow, and Cincinnati just walked in there and just beat the shit out of them. And the Bengals end up in the AFC Championship game two seasons in a row. And the Bengals. I mean, and that team is young. Yeah, and it's it's not like the Bills even really put up much of a fight in that game. They no. they, they were they were losing that game. They didn't look jump. like they were winning before the game, the yeah. start of the game. So right? yeah, it's like I mean, so this has been two or three years with the Bills now, where they've just put all of their energy into getting by the the Chiefs, and this year they didn't even get to face the Chiefs. So yeah. they've got to figure out like, do you run it back or do you try to tweak some things on that roster? And how do you get in Josh Allen's head and get him to take that next level? Because when when you think about the the big three quarterbacks in the AFC, Mahomes, Burrow, and Allen. I mean, Allen had by far the worst year of those three. And yeah. Now you've got to deal with Justin Herbert's awesome. Trevor Lawrence looked like he took that next step. And the Bills still are the best team in, in that division, assuming the Jets don't end up with Aaron Rodgers, right? Yeah. Because the Jets are really good, too, other than quarterback. Uh, but they've got to figure out, like, is this going to be – are we just going to run this back and try to do it again? Or what's our what's our plan going forward here? Because they just haven't gotten over that hump. And, you know, it kind of felt like this was supposed to be their year. And it, it just wasn't. And uh, my, uh, my alt for choke artist of the year, the purple people. <laughs> what the heck? There, uh, another year of... Oh, look at this. We're undefeated. Nobody can beat us. We just beat the Packers in week one. This team is is Super Bowl buster bound. And it was like, nope. Uh, they fell apart too. Even with the arguably the very best uh, receiver in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, nothing much more to say about the Vikings that we haven't said all like, <laughs> Nobody, so, Nobody believed in them, and that turned out to be justified. So my gold star, I'm going to give a gold star to the New York Giants. Yeah, I have to give a gold star to the New York Giants. That team is really not that good, and they looked pretty good. I mean, they didn't... They didn't. Uh, they actually made the playoffs, right? They won a playoff game. It, it, they won a playoff game, correct? But they, when when we played, when the Bears played against them, I saw a team that looked like they were really playing together. That they had real cohesion going, and the fact that he was able, Dayball was able to turn Daniel Jones around like that so drastically, um, I, big goal star. Yeah, the Giants were that team all year that I just like refused to believe that they were actually good. Like, yeah. I think I remember going into when the Bears played them, I think it was right after the Giants beat the Packers. Yes. And I was like, eh, whatever. The Giants, they they stink. Like they they're they got off to a good start, but they're gonna turn into a pumpkin at some point. And they just never really did until they ran into the Eagles in the playoffs. And yeah, they got crushed by the Eagles, but you know what? A lot of teams would have gotten crushed by the Eagles coming yeah. off a bye in the playoffs. The Giants had a great year. 
and the arrow is certainly pointing up for them. It sounds like their plan is to build around Daniel Jones, which I don't know um, if that's the right decision or not, because Daniel Jones obviously had a really slow start to his career, but it's kind of like the Bears in a way that he had terrible coaches. I think his rookie year he was coached by Jason Garrett, (laughs) <laughs> who got who got fired and, the, and not Jason Garrett. Yeah, Jason Garrett was the offensive yep. coordinator. And then who was the guy? Who was the guy that was back with the Patriots this year? Jo- Joe yeah, Judge. Yeah, Joe Judge. So yeah. just, oh my god, just horrible coaching and Argu- arguably the worst coach in the NFL. And it's and, and yeah, and, and it's it's not like he was surrounded by a lot of great talent either. He obviously had Saquon, but Saquon was injured and. The Giants' wide receivers were, were just as bad as the Bears during that period. So, Daniel Jones. Yeah, who it, are they? It, it's kind of, <laughs> it, it's kind of like what we would. It's it's kind of like what we were talking about with Justin Fields, his rookie year. Like who could be successful in that? Right. So I don't know. I mean, Dayball seems like he was able to get Daniel Jones to take that next step. Right now, the indications are that the Giants plan to uh, extend him as kind of their franchise quarterback. So. Jones did look very good in the playoff game. I don't know how much I believe that he is, uh, you know, a top 10 quarterback or... I don't think he is. I I don't think he probably is. Maybe top... He's probably top 15, though. Yeah. I don't know. I have a feeling, though, you you see a quarterback come in there, another one. Maybe it's uh, out of the draft. Well, what'll be interesting is if they can give him a a contract extension, but not necessarily like a huge contract extension. Right. And then he can still have a really strong roster around him. Maybe that works um, because I think Jones does enough that he can win you a lot of games. It's just, it's kind of like, the Brock Purdy discussion, right? Where it's like, if he's on the road in a hostile environment in the playoffs, yeah. do you want Daniel Jones under center? Uh, I wouldn't feel great about that, but he did have a really good year. And like I said, he was kind of building himself back up from uh, impossible situation his first three years. So I don't know. I mean, Brian Dayball is not dumb. So no. if he thinks Daniel Jones isn't good, then they're not going to give him that big extension. So yeah. I think if uh, Daniel Jones does get rewarded, then that probably means that Brian Dayball thinks highly of him, which to me is a pretty good stamp of approval. And my my alt star, gold star, goes to the Cincinnati Bengals. I, I, I'm, I was teetering on the New York Jets because the New York Jets also, I feel like, really overachieved. Uh, but I'm giving it to the Bengals simply because... Who would have said the Bengals would go to back-to-back AFC Championship games? Two years ago? Yeah. Yeah, no. No one. Nope. Uh, Nostradamus. <laughs> Probably, yeah, you know. I mean, the fact that also because they had a rough start to the year, but they were somehow able to work it out, and, um, you know, they showed that they're for real. They have some real pieces there, uh, and they're going to, you know, they're just going to get better well, probably get better through the off season, and um, you know, uh, I mean, they've wow. got the quarterback. They've, they've got they've got the quarterback. They have yeah, maybe the best receiver group in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, if if Justin Jefferson isn't the best receiver in the NFL, then it's Jamar Chase. Oh man, like, he's amazing. J- Jamar Chase is awesome, and Joe Burrow's awesome, and they've got a pretty good defense. Offensive line not great, which uh, tends to be their Achilles heel, but. I mean, yeah, two NFC or two AFC championships in a row speaks for themselves, and man, that was the other big storyline of the week that I kind of mentioned earlier. It's just the officiating in that game was so bad, and it just felt like so many calls went against the Bengals. Yeah, and and there was the big call at the end, right? And, right. I mean, you just have to call that. Yeah. I mean, if if you if the quarterback gets hit out of bounds, you just can't eat that flag, but. Earlier in that play, there were like three blatant holding calls on the Chiefs. Yeah. So uh, the officiating was just terrible in that game. It's been terrible all year. It has been. Um, but and you know the NFL needs to has to address that. I mean, I just don't. I don't. I I, I get why it's bad. Because when you look at the officials, like it's like you and me out there. It's 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 guys that are just working regular jobs that just go and officiate NFL games. Like, Actually, you know what most 
or most of the refs are what lawyers yeah that makes sense most of them are lawyers and i mean when i say most of them like in the 90 percentile range and and it's like like i was like i think it was one of the guys that was, and the rich lawyers yeah well it was like one of the guys that was talking to zach taylor so one of the sideline judges yeah he's like 68 or something it's just like <laughs> yeah and nothing against that because if you threw me out <laughs> Not there, that there's anything wrong with that if you threw me out there i i would be terrible at officiating these games too because the the game is so fast it but you, you got guys that are sitting at a desk all week and then this is kind of like their weekend gig is is refereeing in the nfc championship game it's it doesn't make a lot of sense and you know i i get why the nfl doesn't want to pay full-time officials because it would cost them a lot i thought they i thought they were full-time now no no they're still not nope so well they make a lot of money though i mean it's not like they're they're not making like a couple thousand dollars a game. Yeah, I mean, some of those guys are. I think the minimum is like eighty grand. I'm sure it's a lot, but it's obviously not enough to get people in there that understand what they're doing. <laughs> so, I, 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 it, it feels however like, much it is. It feels like a problem that it would be so easy to just throw money at. Yeah, like go hire the go go hire a bunch of guys that just got done playing college football that are smart that can actually keep up with what's going on out there. And maybe it's easier said than done, and maybe the NFL just doesn't want to spend that amount of money on the problem because we're all going to watch the games anyway. Yeah. But it's just so frustrating to see these big games determined, by not determined, but heavily influenced by just terrible officiating. And I don't really know what the solution is, and I don't really know that the NFL is really that invested in solving the problem. I, You know... It, it does make you uh, think a little bit that while I don't personally believe that the fix is in, I do, I, I can understand the argument that while the fix might not be in, there may be influence as to how a game flows. Yeah. Because the thing is, is that the refs do have a lot of power. You know, when we talk about holding calls, right, there's a really big difference between a holding call on the 40-yard line on first down and a holding call on third down with 45 seconds to go and you're at the four-yard line. Those are they're the same call, but they're not close. Well, if you're honest about it, by the letter of the law, you could probably call holding on every play. Right. Against both teams. You could call holding. You could call illegal hands to the face. You could probably call illegal contact or pass interference on, on literally every play. So it, it just comes down to these officials' discretion. And when you've got guys that aren't even good at it anyway... And you just get these calls or these situations in these huge games where, you know, these players, they work so hard. And all of us want to just see the best players in the world decide the game. And when the officials become the storyline, which they absolutely were in that second game, it's not good for anybody. And like I said, I mean, people are going to watch no matter what. People are going to gamble on the games no matter what. So the NFL just might not really be that interested in solving it. But, man, I, I wish that it would just not be as big of a storyline as it is because I feel like we've been talking about NFL officiating pretty much my whole life. <laughs> and I, I feel like it's gotten worse or, or maybe it hasn't gotten worse. Maybe it's just that TVs and replays are just so much better now yep. that it's just easier to spot. I think it's both. Yeah. That it, it, it is just really unfortunate that we get through another NFC AFC championship Sunday and I mean that's, it, it, that's yeah. what we're talking about when you look at older footage I mean when you even look at footage from 2000 it's like wow this doesn't look very good you know I mean <laughs> it, it the amount of cameras the resolution of the cameras the resolution of the broadcast uh you know all of those things factor into the to this that we can we can see everything. And the better. speed just of the players too. But is the other thing. The the thing that is frustrating is that there could be replay on some of this and they could easily implement it 
But last year, when we tried to do that, was that two years ago? The pass interference. Yeah. I think that was, was two years ago. That was ago. two years ago. The, it's, the, the referees weren't even subtle about it. They are just like, we're not doing it. Right. You know? And they didn't. No. And I think, so, I think like, there were, like, a couple hundred challenges, and I think, like, one of them got accepted. Yeah. Like I mean, so that's, you know, who's telling who? Right. So... Uh, certainly something um, uh, that's that's fodder for off-season work, and you know you hope that uh, the the owners the owners at some point have to make decisions about this because they can't be happy when stuff like that you know is happening to their team, and they're like, wait a minute, this is this is this is BS. I I, I wonder about the gambling part of it too because. Gambling gets legalized in more and more places every year. Yep. And even in places where it's not legal, people gamble all the time. Like, it's not legal in Minnesota, but I... have been for decades. Yeah, I, I gamble on sites, and it's not legal here. But it's it's not illegal to use certain, like, offshore or, or bookies or whatever. So people, like, are gambling just... Probably, I, don't, I couldn't even guess how much money is gambled on, on an NFL Sunday... And to have money won or lost based on poor officiating, it's a tough pill to swallow. And maybe the NFL's answer to that is if you're dumb enough to gamble your money on something that you have absolutely no control over, <laughs> then that's on you. And it would be really tough to, to, to uh, argue that. Yeah. But it, it is so prevalent. The NFL is so heavily commingled at this point with all of these different sports books and gambling websites that it's it, it in times it just feels like the game lacks integrity because like you said i don't believe that the fix is in like, right. like there's no way it could be the league just couldn't pull that off right but sometimes it does feel that, that way just like when the Bengals have to play an extra down on defense because the officials forgot what down it was or yeah it's just like you just can't have stuff like that happening yeah and um there's just there's there's things that occur that you're just like wait what how does that work it's like that bears game against the dolphins yeah going back to that where it just felt like every call went against the bears it was ridiculous and you had the the uh, pass interference on Claypool that wasn't called that was so obvious that literally you know you know it's a really really bad uh, non-call when everybody I'm talking about the talking heads are talking about it after the game right and it's just stuff like that I mean when when, when we are talking about gambling that that influences millions and millions of dollars changing hands right yes. so I don't know if the NFL can figure it out. I would think that it's a problem that you probably could solve if you were really motivated to. I just don't know how motivated they are. Yeah, and I think um, when it comes to the ownership, um, at some at some level, they still look at this because they are multi-billion dollar franchises and the amount of money that goes into them is a lot. Now, the return, of course, is a lot as well. But at some point, you would think they they would be like, "Look, we're this we're over this. This yeah. this this has got to change." So especially because like football of all of the major sports, I feel like football is the one where you still have a lot of characters owning these teams. Yeah. Like <laughs> like you got you got Jerry Jones, you've got uh, the the guy down in Miami, you've got just these larger than life figures that own Does these Wayne teams. Wayne still? Uh, he's dead. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> it's someone else. The guy <laughs> we'll mark him off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like in in the MLB, right? Like a lot of the guys that own MLB teams aren't even watching the games. Yeah. Because the teams make so much money that they just don't care. But in the NFL, so much of it is is still tied up in these guys wanting to win because they've got just these like larger than life egos. Yeah. And you would just think that it has to drive them crazy to see games turn on some of these just poorly officiated moments, but they haven't come up with a solution yet. I don't know if they will because it's still insanely profitable and come week one, we're all going to be lining up at Allery's to watch the Bears <laughs> play the Saints or whoever it's going to be. So I don't know. 
I don't know if it's a problem that really has a solution, but it's definitely fun to complain about because it happens far too often. So we're going to jump over to looking at a few free agents. This is just kind of sporadic. Uh, no, no real um, super uh, in-depth stuff yet. Of course, we'll get uh, to that as we get closer to March. Um, but uh, one person, one player I did want to point out is... Uh, so there, ESPN has uh, a top 50 free agents that came out um, that Matt Bowen did. Uh, I'm a big Matt Bowen fan. Uh, and then they also did uh, the 2023 biggest resigning decisions for all 32 teams. Uh, so, you know, looking at the two of these, it kind of gives you a picture of some of the players. So Orlando Brown Jr., offensive tackle, Kansas City Chiefs. Age entering the 2023 season, 27. Yeah. Six foot eight, 340 pounds. Yeah, he could fall on you and kill you. <laughs> he, um, pass block win rate, 91.8%. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Now, he, he's coming off the franchise tag. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs are not in the best spot as far as, uh, the, as far as the free, uh, the salary cap goes, the Bears are. So, you know, what What do the Bears, you know, how are the Bears going to look at these these really big players? Now, one, one take I've got on polls is that he went and did this so he could make some big splashes. Yeah. But I expect him to do, really, as far as, Big splashes. I wouldn't expect more than maybe one. I mean, he doesn't have a choice. He, he has to give out a couple big contracts. I do think that. I mean, you just... This team is so bad that you've got to go spend some money on it. Now, you don't want to spend money poorly. Because right. that's how you get yourself into the situation that the Bears currently are in. Yeah. But you, We're in. you've got to go out and find at least a couple of big name players to come in and fill some of these gaps. And... Obviously, if you just think about positions of value, left tackle is one of the most premier positions in the game. It is. Which will be interesting to see if the Chiefs let Orlando Brown get to free agency because typically if you've got a really good left tackle, you don't want to let him leave. But we saw it even last year. I mean, Teron Armstead went to free agency and he got a huge contract. So not unheard of. And like you said, the Chiefs are paying a ton of money to their quarterback. So you've got to sacrifice in other places. And Orlando Brown is someone that Ryan Poles will be very familiar with yeah. from Kansas City. So, I don't know. I, I certainly would not hate the Bears spending a ton of money to bring him in because he's really good and left tackle is really important. And say what you want about Braxton Jones. He's not Orlando Brown. Right. So, I, I think that's one to monitor. Would not surprise me at all if, like, you know how, like, when free agency opens, like, two minutes later, you hear that, like, three guys have signed huge contracts? <laughs> it, would, it would not be surprising at all that, like, 12.03 on free agency day, the Bears have agreed to terms with Orlando Brown. Yeah, yeah. And I hope I hear that. I, I wouldn't be mad about it, especially 27. I mean, that's a lot of good football left. Yeah. Um, so, another another top one that uh, there's a good chance he's going to be available, Deron Payne, defensive tackle for the Commanders. Yeah. I was reading today uh, about, you know, they have several other players that they have to deal with. Uh, Montez Sweat is going to have a, a new uh, a new deal. Um, Chase Young is about, is going to be two years away from one of the, probably one of the bigger deals in the NFL. You know, what... Um, they've got to get a quarterback. And not to mention, yeah, they got to get a quarterback. I guess so, they've got Sam Howell. So... Yeah. You know, um, I don't. I didn't really look at his numbers. I heard he didn't do. He only too played. Bad. He only played one game. I oh, think, it was it was only the last game of the season. One or right? two, but he played well. Yeah. So um, the uh, oh yeah. So uh, the other, I guess um, they just uh, one of the factors is that they paid Jonathan Allen last year. Mm-hmm. So uh, he got a re- he got a really big deal. Uh, so I was uh, asking, um, I was asking Jim before the broadcast here that uh, you know who who would uh, be the on the list for the for the Bears. Uh, the most obvious choice, David Montgomery, 
Uh, Courtney Cronin has this to say. This is as far as who they're going to resign. Yeah, as far as who they're going to resign. Bears general manager Ryan Poles says he wants to keep Montgomery in the fold, and Poles could have a chance to offer him a new contract without breaking the bank, given the number of running backs set to hit free agency. In four seasons with Chicago, Montgomery has totaled 3,609 rushing yards, 26 touchdowns, along with 1,240 receiving yards and another four scores. The Bears won a multi-dimensional backfield, and that's what they have with Montgomery, who is terrific in pass protection and evolved and has evolved into a reliable pass catching threat. Um, he, she says uh, keeping that core together is a priority. You know, I'm, I, I'll say it, it would be good to bring back David Montgomery, but I don't know. Making a big splash and stealing away Saquon Barkley looks. You and I talked about it a couple of weeks ago. It's really grown on me. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it. I mean, obviously, I think that if Saquon Barkley is available, it's a huge upgrade over David Montgomery. Yeah, it really is. It, it's just a matter of number one: are the Giants going to let him go? I, I tend to doubt it because I guess why would they? Yeah, but assuming they do. He's going to get a huge contract from somebody. And if it's the Bears, like we talked about, it's scary to give that much money to a running back. Right. But it would also be really exciting to have <laughs> Saquon Barkley and, and Justin Fields in the same backfield. I mean, those are two of the most elite playmakers in the NFL. So so they have this to say about Barkley. We're going with Barkley here only because general manager Joe Schoen made it abundantly clear the team plans to bring back quarterback Daniel Jones one way or another. Barkley's future in New York appears more uncertain. Schoen called him a good player and mentioned that there were other factors, including fitting everyone under the salary cap. If the Giants get a long-term deal done with Jones, using the franchise tag on Barkley at $10 million, Seems an enticing option. Do the Giants have a lot of big contracts? Well, they they I, they do have some, and you know I think they're um, uh, isn't Eli Apple one of them? No, he's on the Bengals. Oh, that that's right. Um, um, I, I know they gave that awful contract to Kenny Galladay, who like hasn't played for them. Right? No, I'm thinking they're defensive. Uh, Leonard contracts. Williams, he's and Dexter Lawrence. They're they're both getting a lot of money. Dory Jackson. It doesn't seem like, unless they've got a bunch of dead money, I'm just trying to figure out what exactly they're spending all this cash on. Um, Also along the way, uh, throughout the rest of the NFC North, uh, the Lions, um, they picked uh, running back Jamal Williams. Uh, The Packers, they pick out Alan Lazard. Uh, I don't, I'm not that excited about Alan Lazard. I don't think we need to bring in Alan Lazard. <laughs> so I, I do want to talk about the Packers really quick because obviously the other uh, other big news uh, this week was Brady retiring yeah. again, which we'll see if he actually sticks to it this time. But I think he is. It, it seems that way. But one thing that was brought up was like that guarantees that Rodgers is not retiring. <laughs> like there there is no way that Aaron Rodgers is going to let himself go out as like second fiddle. Yeah, because he's an asshole yeah so like that means he's for sure back i'll agree with that yeah and uh it's just it, i i just go back and forth on whether or not i think he's going back to the packers it doesn't sound like it i i would i would say no it's just like if they trade him it, his dead cap hit if they trade him is a hundred million dollars yeah that's the thing is is that how do they trade him i, I that's the part i don't understand is the only way they get out of this deal that they're in with him is if, is, he, retires. Is if he retires. Yeah. Which, so which now doesn't... one thing they could do is he could retire and then they release his rights and then he could go to any team he wanted to in the NFL. I don't think that's how it works. I, I think I think it does. I don't think so because like Sean Payton retired. Yeah. And now he's unretired and the Broncos still But they had still the, had his rights. I mean, I guess the Packers they could release his rights, but why would they do that unless they just get out of the contract? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't... <laughs> yeah, because it's like, it, at least if they trade him, they'd probably get some draft picks out of it. Like, I don't think they'd want to let him walk away, but 
If he if they trade him, then that means a hundred million dollars of their cap is going to him. They have to pay him sixty million dollars next, next year. Oh man, it's just like, and I, I guess like the the counter argument would be if you have to pay him a hundred million dollars to go away, then at least you get a year to look at Jordan Love, <laughs> and and you're not paying him anything, but. Man, that's a tough pill to swallow. Man, and I'm so glad they're the ones having to swallow it. Well, and it's just like, I understand why, because this has been going on for like three years now with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And I understand why last year and two years ago, they brought him back because he was coming off great years. Like, he was terrible last year. Yeah. And it was the same sort of thing where he was just a jerk to everybody and it seemed like everyone hated him. Yeah. And that, that usually he's able to get over that because he throws a lot of touchdowns to Devonte Adams. Yeah. He's but gone. now he sucks and he's a jerk. Yeah. So I don't know. It's like, do, do you want him back and you got to pay him $60 million to be bad and a jerk? <laughs> or do you want to pay him a hundred million to go away? <laughs> Doesn't that, and, that is that is as they say uh, quite a conundrum. Yeah, and, they that one is the is certainly the biggest question mark in the NFL. Yeah, so I was thinking about this too. If, if assuming he's not back, like who who do you think would be the favorite in that NFC North? So you know, I was reading about this plus minus throughout the year this year, and um, some are ready to anoint the Vikings as. The new Kings of the North. No. I also saw um, one that was uh, looking at the Lions as the new Kings of the North. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Like going into the year, I think the Lions would have to be favored. I, I, I would have to opt with you there because I think with the way Minnesota's year ended um, and the fact that they have to completely revamp the defense. Yeah. Um, Detroit has been throwing number one picks at that team for years and years and years. And uh, they're in position to actually have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Uh, Now, you know, I I know he had a better year. I'm still not a big believer in in Jerichoff. Yeah, I I tend to agree with that. But it's like they're going to have a great offensive line. Good running back still, assuming they bring back Williams. And their best wide receiver that they drafted in the first round last year barely played last year. Mm-hmm. He started getting in in the end and played really well. I mean, I think at, I think at the end of the year, the Lions were just a better team than the Vikings, like straight up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We saw that when the Vikings went there. They got, they got killed yeah. in Detroit. And if the Packers don't have Rodgers... They they stunk with him. Yeah, like I I don't know if the Vikings would open the year as favorites to win the division. They they very well might, but if that's the case, then everybody's going to tell you to bet the Lions. Yeah, and that's kind of hilarious because the Lions always screw that up. <laughs> but I, I think if Rodgers is not back, even if Rodgers is back, it's going to be tough to argue that the Lions aren't going to be the the most likely team to win the division next year, well, which is and, really weird. And Green Bay is still not good. Nope. They're not a good team. Uh, they weren't a good team for the most of the year. Uh, they're really the only teams that they performed well against were, well, they got two gearing, they, they got two gimmies from the Bears. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, they're just, they're not. They're not a good team. Um, 12 just looks like he doesn't even want to play. Right. So, I don't, you know... They have a lot of issues to deal with. Like, I don't know, because if he retires, then he loses $60 million and He loses, no, he loses more than that. I think he's still guaranteed $100 million. He is guaranteed $100 million. For the next two years. Right. So, but next year, it's $60 million. Yeah, yeah. So, like, if he, all he has to do is show up and he's getting $60 million. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't care how much money you have. That's tough to walk That's away from. That's tough to walk away from. So, like, I don't know if, like, maybe they can come to some mutual agreement where maybe he's like, hey, I'm going to retire, but then he's going to be, like, some sort of, like, ambassador where he just goes and 
sits at Lambeau for like 20 minutes <laughs> and, and collects like 20 million bucks. Like, I don't know, because like, you're right. It sure didn't really seem like he wanted to be no. out there. And it doesn't sound like they really want him back either, which yeah. begs the question, then why did you guarantee him $60 million? <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what's going to happen. It's gonna, I, I'm going to try to avoid following it because just listening to him talk is insufferable. <laughs> it really is. But it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And there's, It doesn't really seem like there, there's going to be a great outcome for anybody, which to a Bears fan is kind of music to your ears. So uh, next week, uh, Jim will be out of town, and um, I'm going to try and have a special guest on. We'll we'll see how that works out. Uh, but uh, who are you going with in the Super Bowl? I think that I'm going with the Chiefs. Just I am going with the Eagles. Uh, I think um, I, I think we're both in agreement. It's going to be a fairly close game. Yeah, I just think that if you get to a fourth quarter and that game's close, I'm 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 going with Mahomes. I. I Mahomes, I think, is point blank the best quarterback in the NFL. And if he wasn't hurt, I would I would bet on him a hundred times out of a hundred. But uh, I think that that high ankle sprain um, is fairly significant. I think that if last week had been a regular season game, there was no way that he'd be playing. If this was in the middle of the season, I wouldn't doubt if he was gone for a month. Right. Uh, but. Uh, you know it is what it is. It's the it's the Super Bowl. It was the AFC Championship game. Got to give the kid huge, just huge grit for getting out there and making that win. Um, and you know uh, that team, uh, that team is literally on his back. Yeah. So um, we'll we'll see uh, we'll see how it works out. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, I'll be listening next week. I will not be here. But <laughs> enjoy the Super Bowl. I, I, for one, am very much looking forward to it. Bear down. Yep, bear down.